Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Frasier Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 11, Episode 6, I'm Listening, which originally aired on October 28th, 2003. Is this when Ronnie starts going steady with Martin, only to basically disappear for the next six episodes? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, it's our resident upside-downer, Trine Sansone. Curtis, I'm excited to be here. I might even try listening tonight. Doubt it. Also with us today are Sheila Bradley Kirkston. And I might actually try to be able to be heard tonight. Ooh. Also doubtful. Some novel ideas floating about. <laughs> well, uh, before we talk about this episode, uh, I, I want to say that, that it involves Niles forcing himself and Daphne to go to a concert neither of them really wants to attend. And I'm curious to hear about some times where either of you have been dragged to something against your will. I can go first. Great. So I wasn't dragged to it against my will, but I was held there against my will. Does that count? Sounds like prison, but sure. It's just, oh my God. Prison would have been so much nicer. We, this is my only time going to the drive-in movie theater. I, I don't even think I knew what was happening. I just went with my friends. They're like, let's go watch a movie. I'm like, great. Then we showed up to an outdoor area. It's like, this isn't what a movie is. And they go, yeah, it is. It's the drive-in. It's like, well, this Ugh, isn't I the hate 40s. Yeah. Well, I didn't know what we were doing, right? And the first movie was Wanted. I don't know if you guys remember that. It's where uh, Angelina Jolie and Morgan Freeman could bend bullets for some reason. Oh, yeah. I saw the trailer for that. It was fine. You know, like it could have been much worse. It could have been a lot better, but whatever. Uh, I I was down. And then uh, the second movie, which I found out like after Wanted was over, it was The Happening. I don't know if you guys have had the displeasure of watching this movie. Hey, that, I've also not seen that, but I've I've read about it. Is that the M. Night Shyamalan movie that is about plants? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, as soon as like as soon as the title card comes up, I I was furious because I'd seen trailers and it looked like the worst movie ever. And spoiler alert, it's the worst goddamn movie ever. The entire time, I think it was like a two-hour feature. I was ranting the I don't think I stopped talking. I was so mad. I was like, we should just leave. <laughs> I tried to get, I think, 10 people to go with me, and none of them were biting. They were just listening to me rant the entire time. I have never had a good experience at a, movie, a, a drive-in movie. Same, because that was my only one. And I know people that swear by them. It's like their favorite way to see a movie. I don't get it. It's, it's just a bad way to see a movie. It was the best way to see the happening, because if I wasn't wow. allowed to talk during that fucking garbage movie, <laughs> oh my, I might have exploded. That's fair. I've never ranted like that in my life before. and it, it was uh, Honestly, it was kind of nice at the end. I was like, oh. Turns out I can rant for two hours straight, no problem. Well, Brad, I, I'm confident that you have held people against their will, but what, what have you been forced to do something against your will? Yeah, oddly enough, it doesn't happen often to me because I like doing most things because I, I just am yeah, a weirdo. You're, you're usually the problem, right? Exactly. But I have, a, I have a fairly good example. It's also one of those stories that does not make me look good in any way. You don't have any stories that make you look good. No, when I was when I was twenty, I had to go to. Oh, I was hoping this was going to be your buddy's wedding. No, God. Uh, (laughs) Although my buddy was in this story a little bit. When I was twenty, I had to go to my brother's like senior award ceremony, and I didn't mind going. But the problem is, the night before, I went to this bar that you only had to be eighteen to go to, and they didn't card anyone. So we all got really, really drunk. And I was like 20, so I didn't really understand that. And at this award ceremony, I was so hungover, but I couldn't say anything. Because if I told my parents, they would know I got real drunk the night before and I wasn't 21. So I just had to sit in this auditorium, super hungover and super miserable the whole time, pretending like I was okay. How do you, how does Brad K pretend he's okay? 
I just don't talk. I just smile. Everyone would have known that you're you're having a trouble if that's the case. Uh, I just you, smile. You're not talking is a very bad sign. I know, right? I've seen you not okay. You talked. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Curtis. How about you? How are you? How are you held against your will, or probably your own stupid idea that you kept going through with? You're you're much closer to to my story than you know. So when I was when I was a little kid, there was this museum near our house called Inventure Place. Uh, okay. It was technically the Inventors Hall of Fame. Oh wait, wait. Uh, did you say invent? Say that in, again. Inventure Place, not adventure. Oh. My brain invented to the correct name. Yeah, that's a tough. It was the Inventors Hall of Fame, and oh, no. the top floor was really boring. It was just like a series of portraits of like Thomas Edison or whatever. How many floors were there? I don't know. I was a child. But downstairs was actually pretty cool. It was it was a bunch of interactive, like like a playground of goofy inventions you could just play with as a kid. And the thing I remember most was it had a harp um, that you could play, but the harp was not with strings. It was lasers. So you would just run your hand through these lasers and it would make harp sounds. Sweet. Laser harp. I'm in. Really cool. So anyway, the story is my my mom told me, you know, we're going to go. We're going to go to Adventure Place. And I threw a fucking Adventure, yeah. You said Adventure. I did not. You definitely did. So we went to Adventure Place. Time out, time out. Be honest. Did you really go here, or did you go to Bible Land? This sounds like you went to Bible Land. I don't know what Bible Land is. What are you talking about? It's, it's an amusement park for Christians. Yeah. It's a real place? Yeah. Yeah. In Florida. Bible Land. I've yeah, never heard check of it out. That, that's for a future episode where the three of us take a trip to Bible Land. We've oh, talked about my mom on the show, and uh, she, uh, just to be clear, she, and she also listens, so she's going to hear this. There is no world in which she takes me or anyone else, certainly not herself, to Bible land. Okay, good, good news. Good news. It's in <laughs> California. I'm sure it'll be nice this time of year. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Inventure Place was cool. Not as boring as I assume Bible land is. But uh, <laughs> I threw a fit. Like I was just like unbelievably angry at the prospect of having to go to this place. I was so mad about it. And I just kept pleading with me, like, you like it. Like, it's fun. Like, it's a cool thing that you, I know you like. Like, what is the problem? And I was just miserable and such a little shit about it. And as soon as we got there, it was the best day. It was so much fun. I was so happy. It was such a cool place. This was not your first time going to it? No, I had been probably multiple times and always loved it and always had fun. And for some reason, I was in one of those little kid moods where the, the minute she said, I was like, I don't want to do that. I, why are you making me do that? I don't want to do that. And I was so angry about it until we got there. And then I was fine. So the lesson is children are the worst. Oh, we know why. You were hungry. I might have been hungry. <laughs> That's how you get when you're hungry. You're definitely hungry. Very plausible. Well, should we talk about this episode of Frasier? Yeah. Since you're the All worst, right. let's proceed. I don't want to. Why are you making me do this? <laughs> We open with a lightning strike over Seattle. Ronnie sings about breakfast at the piano, and Grumpy Goose Frazier doesn't like it. He likes even less overhearing her make a date with another man. Yeah, Brandy. the letters are gold. Letters okay, are gold. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, man, what a roller coaster of emotions this episode is. We start off with Ronnie singing. You couldn't do better. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like a bagel too and schmear it with cream cheese. Thank you. Excuse me. 
song about bagels. You can't do better than that. I love bagel music. <laughs> Such weird energy from you today. <laughs> I also love bagel music. <laughs> Thank you. I also like that they explained what a parody song was. That was very helpful to the audience. <laughs> Yeah, they really they really took their time explaining it. Was anybody else starting to wonder? Because I, I know we didn't get an episode where they introduced Ronnie, but she has been so absent from so many episodes in a row. I was starting to wonder, have we seen the last of Ronnie already? I, the Upside Down thought we had, uh, you know, at least the whole season of her. And it looks like that's probably not going to be the case. I, I was hopeful that we have like the back two seasons of her. She's a great character. Yes. Yeah, and she starts up. The, the show is immediately better when she's on screen. Like everyone's <laughs> clicking, everyone's popping. For the record, just shimmy ended literally right around this time. So keep that in mind. Okay. That's a weird use of literal, but fine. Has the piano always been there? <laughs> Obviously no one's played it yet, but I, I, feel I don't like even I'm, know if that's true. I'm not even sure that's true. I feel like I might have noticed a piano. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Niles played the piano in one episode. I think he did. Yeah. When? I think maybe it might have been, I think it was in that episode where they went back in time with the croc. I think maybe there oh. was a scene where Niles did something at the piano. Well, that episode was bullshit. We couldn't take any of it as canon. Ryan, one of the reasons why you're so good for the show is because you don't remember the stuff that you actually are supposed to remember. There are loads of stuff you don't know. It's confusing, all right, It man? does feel a little bit like we could have watched this show in any order at all, and it would have been the same exact experience well, the, for you. Cocktails, especially. It's like, you could stick that. There's no reason to have it in this season, clearly, since Ron's not involved. <laughs> but yeah, that that was one that I think I don't think I've recovered from that episode yet. But anyway, back to will. the good times. Ronnie just singing. We, we could have been doing this the entire season. Why didn't every show start this way? It was a delight. Got me some ham and some cakes on the griddle. Woo! Good God, he's a grumpy boy. <laughs> yeah. And and she is, I mean, I know they obviously wrote those ahead of time in the writer's room, but she is genuinely great at coming up with fun lyrics in the moment about whatever's happening. Correct. They were very... The character. I, <laughs> the, I thought you were Wendy giving Mal- <laughs> Wendy Malick's good at it. I'm sure she's great at it. I love if you, I love the idea that you don't know what a, like a sitcom is. You just think everyone's <laughs> making stuff up the whole time. Is that now it's happening? Yeah, this isn't an improv. This is just a, this is a planned show, I think. I don't know. What do you mean by show? That we're watching the chronicles of a man named Frazier <laughs> and his family, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, apologies. I didn't mean to, to lift the veil. That's my bad. Uh, let's talk about Fraser hotboxing his car. What? Uh, what? <laughs> he, he has is that, t- is, is that this episode? Yes, he has to take his. I mean, not literally. He has to take oh, hot. Car, oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. he has to take his car to the auto shop because he his uh, butt heaters. That's not actually what they are, but it's funny to call them that. His it is funny heaters, to call them that. Yeah, his butt heaters overheated, so he decided to put the air conditioner on. Is so that what you meant by hotboxing his car? Because I yeah. did not get that at all. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Ryan, for speaking, Bradley. Yeah, well, you explained that it wasn't a literal thing that happened. His line there where he says something about it being like Dewey, it got a big laugh from the sitcom audience, which I didn't <laughs> understand. I don't even think it was a joke. No. Oh, when, when I, I've been I've been just now routinely watching these episodes with my boyfriend, and the one thing he consistently asks is, why are they laughing when they laugh? Like, I don't get... <laughs> I don't get what the moments they choose. A lot of times they hit the beats, right? That one, I, that was just an offbeat. I don't know why. I don't know. What, that shouldn't even have been written as a joke. I don't get it. <laughs> I didn't like it. There were a lot of one-liners in this episode, but that was not one of them. Yeah, this this scene, there's just, a, again, when Ronnie's on the screen, Frazier is so much more comfortable and popping. Yeah. Loved his, uh, let me go get my will in order line. Just an old caddy, so there's nothing fancy like butt warmers or seatbelts. <laughs> Fine. Let me just... 
Make sure my will is in order, and I'll be back in a minute. And then it turns out, no one's surprised by this, that Fraser is a terrible spy. So this well, was interesting. I think it, this one's, uh, for, compared to the rest of the episode, this, this particular eavesdrop is fairly innocent. Like, he does make himself known almost immediately after. Like, it's a pretty quick exchange Ronnie has on the phone. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he was in a moment where, uh, and the way he explains it later, I, I think it was reasonable that he didn't just burst out and, like, say, I'm still here. Like, right. I think I think this one was acceptable. We'll get to them. But the others are insane. Like, he, yeah. he was <laughs> right. chastised for having done this fairly innocent one and just triple down. Like, just was yeah, so it, much worse with it. Yeah, really hard not to to jump ahead, but we, we really do need to celebrate Ronnie because who knows, maybe this is her last step for all we freaking know. When he comes back in and she does her bit, uh, I, I didn't even get what song she was doing, but it was very funny. There it is. Frasier's coffee cup. You are a national treasure. <laughs> I looked it up. I was going to say, that's a, I, I recognize the song. Uh, I, I guess you watch more pageants than I do. I, I don't remember the song because I have no memory. But what what was the song? She does a riff off of Miss America pageant song. Oh. I, I was thinking of the one, the Thank God I'm a... Front, a, a, a yeah, because she called him a grumpy boy. I was thinking of the other song. Sorry. No, yeah, Marty's still in the room for that. And that one was super great. Oh, by the way, I, I, I want to jump back to, to when Marty left the room because Frazier said, you know... Uh, don't use all the hot water in the shower. And Marty says, oh, yeah, I, I will make sure that I, I leave some hot water for my lady. And then makes it clear he's talking about Frasier, not Ronnie. <laughs> Which I just realized, like, Frasier's family is getting as much fun about the milady thing as Sarah Silverman's family. Oh, wait, was, do you think that was them making fun of him? Well, obviously, they're making fun of Frasier for being a Nancy. But do you, yeah. you think they also are making fun of them, him for saying milady? I think it's it's where would that word have come from? Why would I you assume say it's that word? I assume it's basically genetic, like Frazier inherited it from Marnie. Mm. See, I took it the other way. I assume that Frazier says it so often that Marty's just calling him the lady too. That's that would be a <laughs> that'd be an intense thing to say in a group with a group of people. It's pretty weird to say it with just you and another lady. But to say it like around your entire family, that's a real who I hope we get to Would see you put it, it past Frazier? I don't know. I we'll see. I don't I don't I honestly didn't think the Milady bit fit with his character so far. So we'll see. Back to the song Ronnie sings at the end. It's There She Is, Miss America is what she's riffing off of. Oh, I did not recognize that. There she is, Miss America. Hopefully we don't get us. Nope, no risk. Zero risk. That's probably going to take people further away from understanding what song it is. But but it is a shame... I think the the biggest problem with this scene is that you start off so strong. Like, it doesn't matter what the rest of the episode is. It's not Ronnie riffing off of whatever Frazier's doing. Yeah, I would love to see, like, every scene, she should be rolled in on a piano to comment on whatever Frazier's doing. Even if it doesn't make sense for the sitcom, just make it work. Loved it. Like, if she's just this fourth wall-breaking character that just <laughs> is literally just there to comment on the show, that would be tremendous. I'll tell you this, it'd be a thousand times better than the, the next time we see her sing, which is in the weird Marty Dream sequence. So, Oh, God. Less said about that, the better. Right. So if you just want to break fourth wall for her to do weird riffs, I am in. Frazier runs to the coffee shop to spill the tea about Ronnie's date, but Niles is preoccupied with getting an exclusive designer to build his nursery. When Frazier reveals Ronnie's secret, Marty lashes out. Do you guys want to guess how many times I've read Green Eggs and Ham at this point? Oh, boy. Oh, 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 can I guess, please, please? Yeah, you can take a shot. Okay. I'm going to go with 32 and a half. Oh, my God. Way under. 
Oh, the under? Okay. No, no, no. You're you're way under. Yeah, I don't think Brad under appreciates what it's like to have a child. Yeah, I think I haven't done a true count, but if it's less than four hundred, I'd be shocked. Oh my gosh. And that's one of the good ones. Like I don't know if oh, you're annoyed I, by that. I, book, I, but... no, I still love oh my god, there's so much worse in child toddler books territory. In kindergarten or first grade, my teacher came in, he made green eggs and ham. Well wow. that's actually awesome. Yeah, it's not as exciting as it sounds. It was really just eggs and and ham. Really, ham. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I would have loved that. How did they was it just green dye in the ham and the eggs? Yeah, not it's not that exciting. Even as a kid, I could figure out. Did they green up the ham, or was it uh, just green eggs and regular no, ham? It was. It was. We, we greened up the ham. I think we. So that's we, impressive. How do you? That's a pretty tough hue to overcome. Yeah, like eggs, uh, easy. Obviously, anyone can make gr- eggs green. Ham, yeah. man, that's a it's a challenge. Was it's, it a, was it thin slices of deli ham, or was it a a big honey bake? You know, I really don't remember if I ever see my kindergarten teacher. I'll make sure to ask her. I have so much questions about this experience that you apparently hated as a kindergartner. You were a very jaded kindergartner. I feel like if someone brought you green eggs and ham today, you'd be like, oh, this is cool. I can't believe you as a kindergartner didn't like it. If my kindergarten teacher is listening and wants to appear on the show, just hit us up. They're not uh, listening. Do you know her name? Uh, I would have say it was Miss Elman, but that might have been the mayonnaise. I don't know. I'm sorry, what? I had Hellman's, Hellman's mayonnaise. Uh, it was either uh, a kindergarten teacher who made me green eggs and ham, or it was a jar of mayonnaise. It could have been either one. Really struggling. Either way, one of Brad's gu- guiding principles at that time in his life. Did you put <laughs> mayonnaise on the green ham? Because that is a little weird. I, well, first off, I did. You're actually, thinking a lot about that question. No, I, I did actually. <laughs> Hellman, for the record, I do want to point that out there. I'm sorry, um, I was I was laughing. What do you want to point out? Oh, I actually did have a teacher named Miss Hellman. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, we were really getting off subject. Uh, and that is I all. could do. I I would love to do twenty more minutes talking about this green eggs and ham experience you had. I'm I'm enchanted. So yeah, have you ever worked with that designer that Niles was mentioning? I don't know. We're still talking about the green eggs and ham. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think the designer was uh, Diffel Hellman or whatever. Brad's kindergarten teacher. No, I think I had Miss Hellman in second grade. Oh, oh Miss Smith. Her name was Miss Smith. I just thought of it. I thought you said Miss Mayonnaise. I almost lost my mind. No, my kindergarten teacher's name was Miss Smith. Okay. That's, That's not super, even close. Super bored. Well, Miss Smith, if you're out there. Yeah. There's probably only oh, one. That's how you got the ham dyed. Back to the scene? Well, before we do, I just, real quick, I need to Google Smith Mayonnaise and just be certain. <laughs> okay. It doesn't look like there's a. Oh, but there is somebody. There is a man named Mayo Smith. Awesome. Edward Mayo, in in quotes, catfish Smith. Wait, is the Mayo catfish in quotes or just the cat? Nope. It's Edward Mayo, in quotes, catfish Smith. And he is an American professional baseball player from, I mean, he died in 1977. So I'm sorry, Mayo can be a, a middle name? He could have been my teacher if he died in 1978. What? I got that Benjamin Button disease. Is it not working? Your Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I back at the episode, I will say uh, delightful uh, using the word ninny to describe Niles. Like, why have we not gotten that before? Yes. I know who Dr. Seuss is, you ninny. Oh, can you actually outscramble an egg? Is that possible? No. Just want to double check. It's like baking. Like, once it's, once, it's a, once it's a cake, you can't put it back into flour and eggs and butter and whatever. 
Well, and right before that, uh, I was feigning interest to begin with. Is such a lovely line from Frazier. Uh, and then you jump right into the you can't unscramble an egg, Niles. Like the two back-to-back goodies. Brad, how do you think you would unscramble an egg, though? Um, I would I would put it like a puzzle. I would put it together piece by piece. What do you... What? <laughs> yeah, one part of the oak, then the second part of the yolk, and then... You've scrambled it. What do you, it's, what do you mean? You would just unscramble it. Just like you, you mix I, up a puzzle, and then you I put it back together. Much yolk. better with you saying that you would unscramble it than you put it back piece by piece. It's all what? yellow. What do you what? mean? <laughs> what are the pieces? Like, what... Like the left side of the yolk, the right side of the yolk, the middle. It of- didn't break into four pieces. What are you talking about? <laughs> you just put it back together. It's simple. What? That's not. Un- Did you? Do you have like a toy egg that's cut in half? Check out Reverse Psychology, the cooking show, for more information on this topic. I'm. I'm sorry. I. I was just giving up on Brad. There's <laughs> no, no Brad on the show. Oh boy, this again. I do what I work to. We made a new website and they put Brad on it. I'm a little salty about that, but we'll deal with oh. that episode. Well, why don't you just explain them how you would unscramble an egg piece by piece? I'm sure it'll clear everything up. I'm sure they'll start calling you Bradley, as you deserve. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start calling you Brad Leg. <laughs> I, have, I have a bunch of kids that legit call me Bradley. I like it so much better. That's pretty good. All right, yeah. back to the app. Loved Niles' uh, Dr. Seuss riff. Thought that was pretty good. I'm off to try and win the heart and mind of A. Antin. I'll go and meet him with my Daphne and hope that things don't go kafafne. Yeah, yeah, he worked hard on that, clearly. Uh, yeah, pulling off kafafne, which did kind of feel like a Dr. Seuss word. That's kind of the brilliance of Dr. Seuss, is like when you don't have a, a good rhyme, you just make up a silly word and it, it totally tracks. Well, and just, just overcompensate uh, by drawing a ridiculous picture that will not make you think of the word. <laughs> I did like at the end of the scene the deaf couple bit. That was yeah, that was, great. was great. Great. So have you guys ever been to a Dubop festival? No, I, I actually feel like this group of three grown men in their 30s would probably be willing to go to and enjoy a doo festival more than most. Yeah, I thought this didn't really feel like uh, they were so down on the doo-wop. Especially if it's going to help them like in a pretty big way. Seems like not that big of a sacrifice. I also don't get why he couldn't just buy tickets. Like, why did he need an inn to get tickets? Like, it's not like Taylor Swift coming to town. Like, it's the doo-wop festival. Yeah, a lot of problems. A lot of problems top to bottom with the doo-wop festival. I, I think we would all enjoy going, though. Should we go to the next doo-wop fest? I'm sorry, doo a palooza we should we should show some respect um yes. yeah we should go to the next Dubapalooza. and curtis remind me on a future episode to go on for my tangent about how me and taylor swift are basically the same person i'm not gonna remind you of that but uh i wish we had time for it tonight too bad we just did 45 minutes on ham yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the deaf bit was good okay wait this is okay wait actually sorry this is when marty is yelling at fraser for yes he lashes out he's mad that he listened in he's a spying snitch yeah I, this is so, the classic Marty, where I I don't think he's even a real dad. He just has the worst advice, and he's angry at the wrong things always. I mean, I'll give him credit in this scene that he is clearly like hurt by the news and is is a true shoot the messenger moment. He's just mad at Fraser because he can't be mad at Ronnie in this moment. So. Like, I don't think he's really mad at Fraser. He's just mad. Um, I don't know. He looks pretty mad. 
at Frasier. Well, I think he's also saving face a little bit because instead of like admitting that he's bummed that this woman he likes is is seeing other men, he has to pretend like he's mad about something else. Like he can't just be honest about that being a shitty thing that he feels bad about. Yeah, well, I didn't like it because I don't respect him, but fine. <laughs> also, Frasier's such a good psychiatrist. Why didn't he call that out? That's a good point, actually. Yeah, Frasier just kind of takes it. This is actually one of the few times Frasier completely takes it from anyone so far usually he has some sort of retort but not this time i think he feels that bad for his dad yeah we get our first title card the first of sheila niles got the tickets to the concert and fraser has lost his money clip hungry fraser hides out in the kitchen to do some more unnecessary eavesdropping on marty who invents a woman named sheila to make ronnie jealous before we jump into the scene the title cards do they feel like they have to do the title card i don't understand (laughs) i think it's an artistic choice. Well, and okay, if you're going to do the first of Sheila, why don't you do the second of Sheila later on? What the hell is the point of a, a single title card that is useless? I guess I read it more as like, okay, in 20 years, three random dudes are going to make a podcast, but they debate this. Like, I just thought, I thought they were already prepared for it. Yeah, fair enough. There is a 1973 American whodunit mystery film directed by Herbert Ross and written by Anthony Perkins and Stephen Sondheim. It's called The Last of Sheila. So this is just another of their, like, literary references. Is this supposed to make me feel better? I'm now more mad. If you could have been watching a Sondheim film. Yeah, I should go watch something that's decent. Yeah, no no luck on that one. How about Niles' great joke? What are we looking for? Well, uh, my money clip. Have you seen it? Rarely. That was... <laughs> That was one of the best jokes we've gotten, I think. That was so funny. It was so great. A lot of good one-liners from everyone. Lots of good one-liners, and this especially. This is another example, though, of Fraser absolutely not listening to people. Uh, this is straight out of the playbook of him having the psychiatry office. Yeah. I'm not a psychiatrist or a doctor, believe it or not, in any way, but Fraser's definitely got ADHD, right? <laughs> well, he he does two things horrible in this episode. One is that he is consistently uh, blaming Niles and roping Niles in and just, just including Niles in his mischief and and not taking responsibility for his own things. But the other thing is obviously just the continued eavesdropping. Even when he's been told explicitly, like, don't do that. I don't, I would rather you just make yourself known. And he still, like, goes out of his way to hide himself. Yeah, that's true. He's given permission to, to be obnoxious and say he's there, and he still can't do it. He, he literally will later blame the apple. Like, oh, I, I had an apple. I couldn't say that I was here. Like, walk out of the kitchen. Just be visibly there. Like, you don't have to say a word. The amount of times Frozier gets just shut down by a regular everyday object is stunning. <laughs> so I want to know who gets a beer, takes a sip, and immediately is like, I'm out of here. Like, like, she asks for and accepts the beer and then immediately leaves. But she, you know, she just realized that it was getting late. She just looked at the time. You know, that happens sometimes. You go to get a beer and you realize, oh my God, it's 20 minutes later than I thought. Time to leave. Well, in the same vein, why did she return to the kitchen? We cut away. I think she chugged the beer. I mean, that is very in character. Or the other alternative is she was really awkward and wanted to make an excuse to leave. Uh, why did she return to the kitchen and d- to discover Fraser? Like, why did she go back in there? Yeah, no reason given. Was she getting beer for the road i hope so she ends up not which is a shame yeah you got you got two nice moments here in the kitchen you got when fraser gets busted he has the most ridiculous face as he's rising from his counter (laughs) (laughs) acting like he was working on the oven which i the oven's off shot i don't even know if that's where it is i'd be there's no way that's where the oven is he would have to be like it'd be unusual (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> you have to go around the entire island to get to the oven. Yeah. So loved that, and then loved the the from Marty. You have a disease. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me explain. All There's right. There's nothing to explain. I told you not to eavesdrop, and you did it again. You are a very sick person. Yeah. Great line. And then, of course, they're you know they're going at it, and uh just like, well, I heard it, and. You get another one from Marty, like, you overheard it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, my, my favorite is that he has to point that out. But guys, most importantly of all, powder room alert. Drop the power room. Just waiting for that. Yep. Of course. So this, I think this was Niles' first powder and room. And maybe one of the best powder rooms we've gotten. Like, oh, uh, so good. A visual so joke that just lands holy. It was a nice joke. It do, I don't think he ends up suffering any consequence from it, though. Did you guys realize that Niles had it left? Like, I completely forgot about it. I think it was just, it was, it was recent enough that, like, you, you're not like, why was he in there? But long enough yeah. ago that you had forgotten he might be. And so it yes. was just perfect timing. And the way he just slinks out and doesn't say a word, just perfect. Marty wanted to take Ronnie to the concert, but she shows up to the cafe with her date. To make her jealous, Marty sexually assaults Roz and pretends she is Sheila. Roz has a date who thinks Marty is her dad, which is even creepier than the truth. Daphne and Niles wind up going to that concert, despite neither of them wanting to. I was wondering when Roz was going to make an appearance in this episode. Oh, does she, she gets quite an appearance. She does. She does. Yeah, loved loved everything from Roz. Uh, she takes getting kissed by a random old guy. Not random, but she gets, takes getting kissed by an old guy very well. Yeah, she is very go with the flow about the whole thing. Right? Like, she's clearly confused and not sure what's happening, but she's not like, what the fuck? Like, how dare you? She's just like, what's the angle? <laughs> what, what are we doing? Yeah, it's not the correct response. To no, when he just dives in, like, he could have he made the, the bit known without... Like, literally just grabbing her and making out with her. Like, what a creep. I don't fully blame him, though. Like, as as great as Ronnie's been all the whole series, this is this is quite a power play she pulls. I, I didn't love it for it's her. It's one thing to go on the date and be open and honest about it. That I don't really have a problem with. The fact that she brings him to what's clearly his cafe. Like... It's, it's Marty's turf. She knows that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Unless this is literally her second day with him, which is still kind of in play, which is crazy. But, but yeah, but my guess would be that they talk about this cafe every minute they can because it's most of their lives. Like it's the only place they go to, so it's got to come up often. It's entirely yeah. possible that leading up to this moment, Ronnie has never been to the cafe with Marty, but I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I'm sure we need at least one scene where the two of them are in the cafe together. She didn't seem completely shocked that everyone was in there. No, she was not at all surprised. It wasn't like a embarrassed it was like yep this is about to happen. do you think her date yeah. i think i think his name was larry do you think larry was was just her Roz, like just a guy she brought to make him jealous <laughs> honestly makes as much sense as, i mean he clearly sucks but it it makes about as much sense as her just happening to have a date at this bar like why would you even have a, a coffee date for one i don't i've never understood him but definitely not with the cheapo well, okay well i think the cheapo is Roz's date but oh, um sorry sorry yeah i'm confusing him my bad sorry richard roll with the punches dick oh you're right right you're right, you're right. R- richard was was ronnie's date. i said larry larry is is uh Roz's date don't wait on that coffee are anyway it doesn't matter i blame you uh the, the idea that you're not into a coffee date or don't understand the point of a coffee date that's one thing but like Ronnie taking a man to coffee, like that doesn't make sense. She's going to a bar also, for a drink for sure. 
Also, Roz taking a man to a coffee is a ridiculous date. Neither one of them that makes sense. I will say, in fairness, Roz seems from the get-go like she might be just meeting him there. Like they're going to go somewhere else, which... Is that normal? Well, I think it makes sense because... Uh, and she can be in the scene. Be, well, yes, you're right. That, <laughs> from what I, I understood about the coffee place, it's a very central location. So people can just meet there and go somewhere else. By that, you mean that's just where the, one of the four scenes in the show. I think she knows for sure if she goes to that coffee shop, one of the cranes is going to be there. And that, as a, as a woman dating, you know, that's her safety net. She needs to be like, clock in and be like, going out this is the guy like if something happens just so we haven't seen i think she knows that there's at least a one in three chance one of the cranes makes out with her as soon as she gets in there and she's just looking for a nice warm-up to her date sounds about right not the right tone she's like oh guys make out with me whenever they see me the transition from nuzzling on his neck to this is my dad yes. and the guy is just like okay sure yeah like, they, that didn't play right <laughs> they, they, <laughs> I'd have more questions. I do think most guys would be like, that's way worse. But this guy took it as a win. Well, and they, they make it out like this guy is a cheapo creep and maybe he is. But the idea that he is going with the flow on this thing is wild. Like, that's the weirdest part about him. Not that he's got a tip calculator that he's, he's using to divide the check. Like, maybe he starts doing the maybe he starts going to, to cheapo Larry mode as soon as he sees that. He's like, well, I don't want to I don't want to marry into this family. <laughs> That makes so much sense that he is not actually a cheapo. He just knows how to turn women off when he's not interested in them. Uh, Marty's inability to go with the flow is present here. When he when the guy goes to Fraser, he's like, oh, is this your um, brother? And then Marty's annoyingly like, I forget what he says, but he indicates that it is. Oh, oh I know you're talking about. You're talking about I think that was Roz. Like, like, Roz, yeah. Yeah, because uh, what, what happens which- is... Yeah, yeah, what happens is Fraser walks in and says, hi, dad. And because he thinks that Roz is dad, too, he goes, oh, your brother's here as well. And Roz's like, that's my brother. Oh, I see. I think Marty's the one who's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that don't. Yes, that is. Uh, uh, we, we went past it too fast. Uh, the Roz uh, model point is so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the way she pretends to be a, a RV model. That's how she starts the episode. I don't think she's said anything at that point. No, she is not. Because the first thing that happened, made out with her. It's so funny. It's a strong start for Roz, and she follows up brilliantly. Her willingness to go along again, just... And, and she, and like, so often, like, the, 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 the jig is almost up so many times. She is, again, the one who knows how to keep it together. She is a great liar, and I commend her for it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think she cares too much about Larry from the rip, though. I think she's fine with burning this date. Yeah. Is there, this was a tough scene for the Upside Down, though. I mean, this is where it's pretty clear, because Ronnie's never met Roz uh, until this moment, that we're not going to have too much of Ronnie. Like, I think our best cases that we have are at the start of the season, but it seems unlikely at this point. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, of, I mean, we, her, her at the start of the season might just mean one more appearance for her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we don't, we're, we're on episode six of the season. We've only got five episodes left. Do you think that they were like real ambitious at the start of the season? They're like, we're going to get a new gal for Marty. We're going to get Frazier a new business. And then at the end, they're like, you know what? We don't have a 12th season in us. They just set up a lot of things. You think they weren't setting up a grand finale. You think they were setting up the next 11 years of the show and halfway yeah. through gave up and said, this is not going to work. Well, I know they didn't set up a grand finale. <laughs> <laughs> Another key insight from the upside down. Yeah. 
It doesn't pay off. You're setting up too much. Especially if Rodney's going to be... She's gone so many episodes. It's so stupid. I hate it. Well, I, I, I hate that she just went without any mention for episode after episode. But I'm almost more annoyed at the episodes where Marty makes a point to mention her like she's still in the mix. But we don't get to see her interact with her. Like, she's gone. Right. It just feels like with the short turnaround, like, at this point, they're not dating. Official, or they're not, like, at least officially exclusive. We could have just moved all of his stuff for later in the, the season, I feel like. Instead of Frazier stealing from an old lady later in the season, we could have done this bet. Yeah. So when they get married, it is, we've got this whole wedding plan, but why don't we just do this in the vet's office? And when they decide to get engaged, it's them weirdly fighting and being mad at each other and just kind of deciding to be engaged. And now we find out when they decide to go steady, it's literally like another like mix them up miscommunication argument. Like literally she was seeing another guy and he made out with Roz. And they're like, I guess we like each other enough to just hang out together. Is, like they have is a the, weird relationship. Is the next time we see Ronnie, do they get engaged? Yes. Yeah, that's what Curtis's point was. We go that's like crazy. and he yeah. Yeah. We don't even see them their steadiness. We see them more yeah, and they have no courting. Yeah. We see them more engaged than we do even courting each other. I like that. I wish I could take credit for that. I did not realize that last time we actually saw her was the engagement episode. I was just commenting on how all of their major milestones in their relationship are ridiculous. Curtis, because there's the three episodes she's been in. Just take the credit, Curtis, when I give you credit for something. No, I don't want it. I don't want your credit. (laughs) (laughs) This this scene's also annoying because you see Frasier giving fatherly advice much better than Marty ever has even attempted to this this whole series so far. I think that in the Crane family, fatherly advice only goes the other way. Like, I'm sure Freddie's <laughs> going to give Frazier amazing advice in a few years. And I'm sure Niles' new kid's going to give him plenty of advice two seasons oh, from now. Oh, definitely. I like that. That's why they became psychiatrists, to fix their dad. <laughs> At the end of the scene, I do like how uh, Frazier is talking with him and telling him what he should be doing, and, and he just kind of grunts. Yeah. Like, he's Tim the Toolman Taylor. Just... Give her a call and tell her you want to talk to her. What? Is that a leave me alone, Grunt? Or you've bested me again, son, with your unassailable logic, Grunt. Ah, ah. I thought so. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You got way too excited for a Tim the Toolman Taylor reference. Well, I was going to say, please, please come and check out our, our home improvement podcast called Reverse Toology. Mm. Mm. <laughs> working shop on that knee. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho. That's Santa Claus. That's not. He played that. Yeah, but that's, that's not Tim the Toolman Taylor. It's in the ballpark. Did not expect this episode to run into a Tim Allen uh, podcast. Now we're going to talk about his conservative views. Like, what's next? Yeah, he's cocures. We'd probably be more successful. Well, Frazier feigns interest in sports to get more hot goss. Ronnie shows up to talk it out, so Frazier heads out. Roz shows up to return the lost money clip, but scares Ronnie off. Do you guys think Sports Wrap-Up was the name of the program? Or do you think that that's just how Marty's trying to explain it to Frasier? Gosh, both could be true in this universe. Sports Wrap-Up is a horrible name for a program. And it's a, the most unexciting way to, to describe probably what, like a clip show, of, a highlight show. Yeah, I think if he really wanted to connect with Frasier, he would have called it a sports medley. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> uh, we get another thing from the Upside Down. Frazier makes a, a joke about clubbing, but we see him club. He's very successful clubbing. That's sort of true. I mean, he gets he's one for one on dates. It's not uh, 
there's hijinks that make the date not super successful, but I don't know. That's I guess it's not a date when you pick someone up from a bar, but still. I like how proud of himself he was for leaving. Like he really thought, okay, I'm finally getting out of here. I'm doing the right thing. He was very proud of himself. Well, and he it took so many goddamn hints. Like it like if it, pat yourself on the back, Frazier. You finally got through your thick skull of it. You they wanted alone time. <laughs> how proud of Roz is she when she gets Ronnie to leave? She thought oh my she, gosh. Did, she was so proud of herself. She thought Just she demon. Was, <laughs> So proud. You, I, I feel like I could sense on her face that she had no idea how to play this moment. She wasn't sure what the right move was. And she just kind of went with it. And then when there was any outcome at all, she declared victory and has no shits to give about Marty being upset. She's just like, I don't give a fuck about this. This doesn't matter. Here's the thing. She is the star of the episode and I think doesn't even have 10 lines in the whole episode. Uh, so it's a great Raz episode. I don't know if she's the star. She's the MVP, definitely. <laughs> um, it's it's so unfair to Raz, though. She gets no briefing. Unless there's some, some off-camera scenes. She gets she does not get caught up at all on any of the situations and handles them all with a plum. Well, nor do I think she cares to, to, to get the information. Well, yeah, but I think I think if you told her what was going on, she would have adjusted her strategy. She's a go-getter. Like she is somebody that is going to go with the flow. She if you tell her this is the this is the shot, this is what you gotta do, she will conform to that and, and try to make it work. She is a great liar and kind of loyal, crazy loyal to this insane family. Love it. <laughs> she doesn't get paid enough, whatever that is. But we know she's getting her reward. She's gonna be in charge of that horrible radio station soon. <laughs> Well, Frazier crawls into Ronnie's car looking for the money clip and hides when Marty and Ronnie show up. The two of them hash it out and they learn they like each other. They head out to the beach to fuck while Frazier watches. I mean, come on, Frazier. Come on, Frazier. <laughs> this is the worst one yet. This is so bad. <laughs> I, my, my favorite part is that he, on the phone with Niles, scolds her like he gives her a hard time about having left the car. Like, Well, that's irresponsible of her. She's left it open. And then he just crawls in and hides in her back seat. Like, what the fuck? Just, there's so much problems with everything Frazier does in this episode. It's too bad we didn't have this episode to pull from from when he should have got punched in the face. Cause oh my gosh. Many times, but this was insane. Like, he goes from a perfectly innocent, understandable overhearing to a completely unnecessary uh, eavesdropping in his own home to creeping in her back seat while they have an intimate conversation and making no attempt at any time, including, like, we don't even see how this scene plays out. We don't see how they eventually find out. I'm not sure he ever, like, he might have gotten to the beach before they realized he was in the car. I thought for a second that we were going to see Marty put the moves on Ronnie. I'm I'm glad they didn't go that route. thought it was a little ridiculous in the scene how they handled it, but I'm I'm glad they chose to go that route because it was we were getting real close to that for a second. Ronnie almost put the moves on him. Ronnie was ready. Can we can we talk about the fact? And correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there someone sitting in the car next door? Doesn't he look at somebody? What? The, no. the, <laughs> at the beginning, at the very beginning of the scene, just the next door. Next door. The, the, the car spot next. Door. Cars have doors. Next car um, doors. No, at the very beginning of the scene, Frazier is trying to look in the car, and then a guy comes at the car next door. <laughs> Frazier, to get out of his way, open he like crawls into the car to be able to close the door so that the guy can drive off. Presumably, the guy drives off. I think the guy just stayed there to watch some old people get it on. 
Yeah, I, I knew it was coming. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. this car's hot. These people are going to be hot. It shows the show. Doesn't he say out loud in earreach of this guy? Oh, the car's unlocked. I can just go in. Like, doesn't the guy hear him say that? Probably. Yeah. He's not a good spy. We've established this. Well, even if he was, Frasier doesn't care if Ronnie gets stolen from. What does she have? Well, I think he'd be more concerned about being seen as a thief. Yeah. He cares about his own reputation. If you're a thief, that's not something you broadcast. Right. I'm about to break into this car. That is our point. Frasier is being bad at being a thief. Thank you for your report. Sorry, I missed it. He's not a thief. Why is he just getting his stuff back? Yeah, he definitely ends up watching them have sex on the beach. He well, that's a good question. Let's, let's presume he makes it all the way. They haven't figured it out yet that he's there. What do you think, think Fraser does? Because that's a really good question. I don't. I don't. I think he just sits there and endures it. I think. I mean, they said it was what ten miles away or something, or some but amount think, of distance. It's. It, she says it's nobody knows about it. It's like it's completely secluded. It's it's miles and miles away. I think they they park. They're about to like go like use the back seat, and they realize he's there, and they see him and call him out, and he's just oh oh is is this not my car? <laughs> I love that. I wish that he would make it all the way to the destination. But Fraser can't. But he can eavesdrop. He's excited to eavesdrop, but he can't keep it quiet for more than ten minutes. I mean. They're probably not making it a single exit before he pops up and is like, guys, I have to give this up. I listened to your whole conversation. If you were, if you somehow found yourself in this ridiculous scenario, obviously you make n- different choices leading up to it, but somehow you wound up in this situation. The minute the car starts, the minute she starts to plot, do you not just say, hey, uh, real sorry about this. Um, as, soon as, I, as soon as Ronnie scoots over, I am popping up. <laughs> say, Listen, Marty, uh, this is my bad. But, but my whole thing is his reaction is like, oh, God, I'm stuck. Not like, okay, I have to get out of this now. I mean, he might be physically stuck. If, if we don't see him creep over to the car seat at one point, like he might physically be stuck. It's an awkward angle he's at. How about the fact that there's no fucking allusions to the fact that he's starting a business tomorrow in the entire episode? Yeah, that surprised me. The way the last episode we watched started... Sounded like it was going to be the end of the beat. Yes, we were going to end on that note. (laughs) I thought for sure this was going to be the episode where he makes the decision to go to private practice, but there is not even a wink of that. Terribly frustrating. (laughs) Well, and I feel like it's not going to be any less frustrating when we get the episode where he clearly is going to have some kind of profound moment where he decides it's time to go back to private practice. I don't even know if it's going to happen. We might have already had it. Oh, man. No, I think it'll happen. But I think that to go from that episode to hijinks eavesdropping would be very frustrating. Like, didn't he just make a profound decision? Why are we Why are we doing this? I'm not assuming it's next episode. I'll, spoiler alert for the preview. Spoiler jail. Oh, yeah, you're in the penalty box. Oh, interesting. Well, Frasier plays this out with Roz's date calculating her half. She dines and dashes him. My only note from the scene is that the calculator was really tiny. My only note from the scene is that guy's me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then at the end, you're like, I can't believe I can't get a second date. Where are all the nice ladies in this town? <laughs> Would you? Do you have a calculator that small? No. You, could I, do you think I'd be able to see a calculator that small? I don't know if you know how to <laughs> use a calculator. I think you're still using an abacus. Oh, I do like a good abacus. Also, no chance you can use an abacus. Bear in mind, I don't think you know how to use an abacus. I just think you have one. Can you do your bad impression and act like you're playing with an abacus? Oh, it's you just take, you know, five and then you add four and then you go nine. But like, I don't, you know, it's, it's just with little things and it's fine. 
This is Brad. He's focused on the colors. He's not doing any number talk. Mm, okay. Well, you take the yellows and you add them <laughs> to the reds. And, well, you know, when you do all that, you know, what happens is uh, you get a number and the number is, you know, blue. So that's why, why 100% do I, Brad. Why do I sound like the Swedish chef of the Muppets? <laughs> because you sound like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. Okay. Actually, that is pretty Swedish chefy. That's funny. Do you add a couple of fur to fur to furs in there? Fur fur to fur to fur. I don't remember Swedish chef. Do your Brad impression and then fur to. Oh, we know. <laughs> that was straight out okay. of Ikea. That was very, very Muppety. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a very intellectual podcast. Yeah, for a very intellectual show about creeping on your dad <laughs> in, his, in his gal's car. Oh, man. Well, Brad, was this a good episode? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, I really don't. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm not, I don't feel great about this score. I feel like it's a little low, but I just feel like this episode was funny, but like kind of dumb all at the same time. I'm going to go with a C plus. So above average, I assume for you, (laughs) the (laughs) scoring system's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, it was, eh, eh. You know? Okay. I, okay. I, well, why, okay. Why do you think it was, eh? What was your... Like, what was your least and best parts to it? What was your least favorite and best parts to it? I think the best parts were the one-liners. There was lots of great one-liners throughout the episode. And you're a one-liner man. I can't believe you're putting it so low. But the the low, I thought, was the the overall storyline was kind of stupid. It was all just misunderstandings uh, throughout the which episode. Is, they, which were is not misunderst- they were not misunderstandings. Yeah. They were Frazier actively being insane. Him slowly getting creepier throughout the... Yeah. Well, I'm going with C+. Uh, Curtis, how would you rank this episode? I hate when I agree with you, but I think I'm in a similar boat. I ranked out of 19. I rate this 15. Uh, Worse than the Anne Who Came to Dinner episode, but better than the Freudian Sleep, that stupid dream episode. So pretty low on the list so far. But it was fine. I mean, it was fine. I didn't didn't hate it. It was just not that good. Ryan? I was surprised by both of you. I I think it does get worse throughout the episode, which is obviously not like ideal and i'm not just saying that because ronnie's great like it every scene does kind of get a little worse and a little more ridiculous but it starts out so strong and by the end it's still like decent most of the stuff works even if it's fraser being crazy it does fit with most of what fraser does so it's not like you're not like oh fraser would never do this he totally would do it yeah he totally is terrible with objects you get i this is my favorite marty episode this is my favorite Ronnie episode. Uh, Niles is great in limited usage. Frazier's got a lot of great lines. Roz's best work is probably in this episode. Daphne's even doing pretty good. I, I'm surprised. I, I have it much higher than you guys. I'm going to put it at like an 8.2. Okay. I mean, I will say if, if I, I think so much of the episode is like Marty and Frazier. If we distilled this down to just the, the Ronnie and Roz lines, I would probably oh put this in the top three. Yeah, def- definitely. The, the biggest knock against this is that Marty is a lot of the driving force. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for our closing segment, I thought we would return once again to the deep A-plot of this episode, and that's Niles obsessing over an artiste to decorate his nursery. Each of us is going to describe how we would decorate a new baby nursery. Uh, Then we will all vote on whether you've set up your child for a bright future in a neatly adorned abode, or preemptively ruined their lives and years of bad Fraser therapy with an ugly, tacky shit that you slapped on the walls. We're calling it Decorate or Desecrate. 
Brad, would you like to go first? I was going to say, I assume I'm going last, right? I would hate to influence Fair you enough. guys with the correct answers. Um, wrestling. Tell me more. Because I want my kids to be tough. And no, I... not why you're doing wrestling. Tell me how oh. you're doing wrestling. Oh. oh, pictures of famous wrestlers painted on the wall. What? what? <laughs> you, mean, you mean you're going to the doo-wop concert and you're getting someone to paint instead of Cloud's pro wrestlers? A hundred percent, yes. All right, give me a couple. Who are you putting on the wall? Hulk Hogan. Brother. Obviously. Lita. He's only a little racist. Lita. Much like you, payback's a bitch. Obvious natural woman choice. A crime time, because the one guy's dead. We like to make that money, money. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Rikishi. Anybody get in my way, it's Rikishi time. Also dead. No, no, he's not. Isn't he? Oh, no. sorry. Nope, stop I mean, probably, Honestly, by the time this airs, he probably will be. Oh, God. <laughs> We just we just murdered a Samoa on our podcast. Right? I want you to, I want you to know, Curtis, because you don't understand wrestling. No. Uh, Rikishi is famous for the his his finishing move is called the stink face, and it's where a very fat guy goes and puts his butt into another guy's face. That's his finishing move. So this ain't the time. This ain't the place. Get a piece of the quiche right in your face. And it's clearly not doing much damage. I guess the idea is just it's so disgusting that the other person gives up. I mean, I can feel that. Yeah, I would have given up long before that moment, but sure. Not a submission maneuver, though. He usually follows it up with a pin, which I think is a mistake. So it's just, is there anything else to the theme? Yeah, so, so I, can, I can expand. The the um, the crib is going to be shaped like obviously a wrestling ring with four corners. Oh, that's good. Actually, question is is it going to be square? Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, of course. Ooh, um, points against the the closet will like have like the raw logo and the bathroom will be SmackDown. What? I'm sorry, the bathroom. Yeah, your nursery comes with the bathroom. Well, you know. I'm going to be living in a in a ten bedroom house by then. Uh, now I saw the couch, and every room's going to have a bathroom. I love that you took this. Like, well, you have to make it realistic, so it's clearly not going to happen anytime soon. I'm also going to be rolling in it. Oh, clearly, yeah. clearly, this is going to be the post apocalyptic world where most humans are dead, but Bradley, the cockroach that he is, has survived, and he just wanders into a ten bedroom mansion and is building for no one a nursery because he's now got a Wilson volleyball that he's pretending to be a baby. <laughs> And it's Brad painting the fucking wrestler. Oh my god! <laughs> Just stick figures that he's he's got the belts around. <laughs> Look, it's Hulk Hogan, brother. Oh my god, Curtis, how would you decorate your nursery? <laughs> All right, for me, I do not have currently any children, but I do have nieces. And one of them, uh, a few years ago, when she was very young, they asked her what her theme for her birthday would be, and she, with a big smile on her face, said, "Creepy things." <laughs> Which they eventually figured out meant she really likes like monsters and Yodas. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. And E.T. Extraterrestrial. And just like weird, creepy looking alien type things. Like she just really loves those things. And so my nursery, <laughs> I'm getting a face from a boyfriend. Who is just like, yep. what are you, what are you, where are you going with this? Now my nursery, which I will say very loudly. Not the right direction. Here, um, not the right direction. I would, I would, I would make it about creepy things. So we would just have like uh, on the walls, you'd have uh, paintings of, of monsters and aliens. Uh, you'd have uh, a mobile, a mobile. What, what do you call that thing that's over the crib? Oh, mobile. Yeah, yeah. It would just be like insects and slugs and uh, what? gross, slimy do you things. Think aliens are? Do you think aliens are creepy? I think, I think they can be. You're going to make sure that the creepy aliens. Yeah, yeah. Only the creepy aliens. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, when you turn the lights out, 
you know how like some rooms will have like those glow in the dark stars on the wall uh-huh. or the ceiling? Yeah. So yeah. so this instead of that, it'll be glow in the dark, just like horrific monsters. <laughs> so it's not there when the lights are on. Yeah, yeah. When the lights are on, you're safe. Just when dad leaves and the lights go out, that's when that's when the the monsters come. <laughs> I, I I I could be wrong. I again don't have children. I think I've correctly interpreted what all children want based on one of my niece's offhand comments once in her life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it. Ryan, <laughs> no spoilers. Ryan, what would you do? Yeah, okay. Well, my theme is clarity. Turns out that babies don't know what they're doing and they don't care what you put on the walls. I'm just going to label fucking everything. That's not interesting. And in case you're wondering why you would label anything, it's because when you're up at 2 a.m. and you need something, it's very important you can fucking find it or else your life is miserable. I really thought by clarity you were going to say that it was going to be like a glass room with a glass everything, which I realize now is a terrible idea for a child, but for my bandwidth. We can get into so many reasons why your guys' ideas are terrible. (laughs) But again, I would would forego any aesthetics because they're a baby. They don't care. I would just... Put labels every single place I possibly could on every single possible thing. And I would also make lanes so that you know where to go when it's 3 a.m. and you're bleary-eyed. I would just write instructions on the floor. Because again, they're a baby. They don't need any themes. How do you feel about post-it notes? Would post-it notes play into this? It depends. Um, as long as you're willing to get rid of them as they get older, sure. I think that's the whole point Great of a post-it idea. note. They're very easy to get rid of as they get older. Hey, that's why I, I didn't dismiss it. I would use a, a full-blown label machine that you... You completely overwrite everything uh, every three months, but posted note makes lots of sense too. Okay. Well, as a as a group, we have to we have to now decide what each one was. So, Brad's. Can I can I have a follow up question on Brad? Um, how big is your wrestling ring crib? I think it would be big enough to have the world's fattest baby in there. But with how much space? Because there's a difference between like free range chicken roaming around and like a, a meat pack chicken just you know barely able to live. I would. Say, what's what's an average crib? What is it usually like three by two and a half? I'm not giving you that info. I want to hear what you say. Um, I would say my crib will be. It's, it's got to be a square. I'm going to say five by five, five feet by five feet. Okay. Are we voting now? Yeah. Curtis, you can go first. For a a child, I'd probably go desecrate, but because of the volleyball, for sure, I'm going to say decorate. I think it's great. <laughs> uh, Follow up question, Brad. Where is your nursery, or where is the crib in your nursery? In the middle, it's in the squared circle. That doesn't that doesn't make sense for what you just said. And so the so it's floating in the in the room, and you are doing all the stuff around it. Of course, hundred percent. All right, still, I'm still out. You've still desecrated this this poor kid and or volleyball's life. Uh, there's absolutely going to be a moment where you can't reach the kid if it's five feet. You know, if it's two and a half feet deep in the center of that crib, you're going to have to jump into the wrestling ring to get to the kid. Which he probably is part of the design. Brad, uh, you actually have the opportunity now to be the tiebreaker. Will you call yourself a decorate, or do you admit that this was a desecrate? Or are you the pro wrestler, the desecrator? I am, unfortunately, the pro wrestler, the desecrator. Keep going. A couple more t- attempts. You desecrated the word. Desecrate. You hit your finisher on that word? Yeah, I would say I'm the desecrator. Okay. And are you going to love it? Or are you going to list it? We are going to list it. Fantastic decision. What was your least favorite thing about your own idea? <laughs> the the um, 
I think the least favorite thing about my my idea is the wrestling paintings on the walls because they're just going to look creepy. Have you ever seen a painting of Hulk Hogan? He always looks creepy. Brother, that's an interesting problem. Well, I get. Are you painting it, or is someone? Are you? Have you hired someone to paint it? I've hired someone to paint it, but that doesn't help. It's still just going to be creepy because Hulk Hogan's got a creepy mustache. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Thank you. He's just, okay. uh, again, I'm pretty confident the person he hired to paint it is just a mop uh, standing up, uh, leaning against a wall. Like, it's not... No, it'll be, Brad putting, it'll be Brad putting on a mop and wearing it like as a wig. <laughs> totally. Uh, what about mine? Um, I think I'm going to say desecrate for you, Curtis. Sorry. You have to explain why, at least in a half sentence. I think mostly because you're going to end up freaking out. Not, not only the the children, but possibly yourself that's creepy. I've seen you get get um, get surprised by your own stuff. So I can see you getting scared of the own room that you put together. Famously scared of my own shadow, that is correct. Surprised by your own stuff sounds like a weird sexual thing. Uh, actually, I think it just sounds like I've forgotten the things that I have and I'm like, ooh, what's that? Ooh. In my own like junk drawer, which Intriguing. again, not far off from the truth. Right. Brian? So, I, you know, it's interesting. I was going to say uh, decorate, but Brad did talk me into desecrate. Uh, I think it's interesting. If your kid grew up with all this stupid shit, they wouldn't be that scared of it, would they? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but he points out a good one is that you would get scared. Every time you turned off the light, you would jump. Yeah. And you would probably wake the kids, so you've desecrated it because you're a dumbass. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't do, I think if you didn't do the stupid uh, glow in the dark shit, I think you'd be okay. I don't need to vote because it's already been decided to desecrate. But I mean, I admit it. I, I I didn't. I don't know how to decorate a nursery. So yeah, but you know it. how to desecrate one. But are you going to love it, or are you going to list it? We are going to list it. Oh, I love the way that rolls off the tongue, don't you? Uh, for you, Ryan, I will say uh, I I was leaning towards desecrate because you literally didn't decorate it. Like your whole design scheme is to not decorate. Yep. Uh, Stand by it, but. You actually have a child, so I trust that you know what you're talking about. And also, more importantly, the non-decoration is, in a way, a decoration. So I'm going to say decorate. How many times can I say the word decorate? Yeah, my answer is where I'm going to I'm going to say he does decorate, but I am going to make sure it is noted in our show records that he gave the most boring answer to any question we've ever given. He still wins, whatever. He wins the game. And are you going to love it? Or are you going to list it? We are going to love it. How come? But he's still the most boring answer of all time. Uh, it's true. It's, uh, okay. First of all, uh, for, to, to address Curtis's problem, it's so much work. Setting up the nursery, regardless of whatever stupid theme you land on, is a lot of effort. Uh, the fact that I'm throwing in labels is more effort. Guess what? Fucking worth it. And uh, to your boringness, great. You know what's not boring is sleep. I would fucking love it right now. Yeah. I wish I labeled things. All right. Well, we've got uh, two desecrates and a decorate. I think that is good enough. I think we desecrated the end of the show. I think we might have. Ryan, why don't you tell us what to expect next week when we cover the previous episode? It's season 11, episode five, The Placeholder. Ah, uh, yes. The writers forgot to name this one, so I get a free board. Frazier and Niles get bested on the squash court, a game that without looking up, I am sure can be played 2v2. Then they get bested by the same guys at ordering drinks. They continue to get trounced when discussing philanthropic efforts. They get bested a final time when sharing triumphs of their careers. The two superior gentlemen leave, leaving us to wonder, what if we watched a show about them instead? Roz stops by to bring Frazier his racket, then again to leave with the better guy. 
Daphne is around and pregnant. Marty tells them to be better. Ronnie is present and does mock them. Oh, and Curtis, I, uh, you're not going to believe this. I got a bonus prediction for you. Really? Really living yeah, yeah. with this bit? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says here, Curtis Sheck will visit a sky deck. He will, of course, fart, and a little bonus Jonas will slip out, turning the sky deck into a poop deck. I don't know what to do with these. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You can, you, get to know what, you get to know what your future looks like. Okay. If any of that happens, uh, we're going to find out about it next week uh, right here. Uh, thanks to Kevin McClown for our theme music. Thank you for listening. And probably best if you just don't bother uh, with the TikToks, the Insta, the YouTube, the the ways that you can connect to us on Reverse Psych Pod. That's our handle on all those. Uh, ReversePsychPod at gmail.com if you want to email us, but you probably won't. And uh, you don't need to rate or subscribe or review any of that stuff. But for myself, for Ryan, for Brad, good morning, Minsk. I am aware of you. Uh, I, was, I was talking on mute. I wanted to hear how Brad would unscramble an egg. So I bad. Wondering, I was wondering what you were going to say. I, I was talking the whole time and you guys kept ignoring me. I was like, come on. <clears throat> okay. Welcome. <clears throat> to reverse <clears throat> okay. Good to see you all. They head out to the beach to fuck. Well, what? Sorry. They head out to the beach to fuck. It's, while it's Fraser okay. watches. Old people fuck. It's fine. <laughs>